I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Final Furlong Podcast with Emmett Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kalugi also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And you are very welcome to the show. Great to have your company as the marquee meeting of the flat season is in sight. The greatest show on turf, Royal Ascot 2022. And to look ahead, I'm joined by uh, top jockey Neil Callan. Neil, welcome to the Final Forum Podcast. Hi, Emmett. Yeah, nice to be back on again. It's always a privilege to be uh, on the show talking to you. Uh, thank you, my friend. Terrific article, by the way, about your time in Hong Kong. So uh, check out Neil's Twitter if you haven't. Uh, it's been released today. That is outstanding stuff. And uh, two-footed tackles. We love that. Just coming on out, <laughs> pulling the pin in the grenade, and off you go. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're going to look at the group one. You can read that, and we'll, we'll discuss it with Neil in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we're going to look at the group ones in, in Neil's company. The first thing to ask you, though, Neil, is as we head to, to Ascot, it's always good for a refresher. Uh, the draw biases at, at Ascot. Where do you want to be on, particularly in the St. James's Palace Stakes, uh, over the mile on the on the bend, um, and in, in the big handicaps when it's the they're going hell for leather uh, in the Wokingham and uh, races like that. Where do you want to be drawn? Yeah, look, um, you know, with regards to St. James's Palace Stakes, it's. Uh, Look, it's normally a pretty straightforward race. There's not many runners because, you know, it's normally the best of the best taking on each other. So, um, you know, obviously it depends on what pace is in there. Um, it's quite a long run before you kind of get to Swindley Bottom um, down by the bend. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty much depending on your own horse, you know, that way you can get them to relax. Um I suppose, obviously, you want to be low because that's closer to the rail. But then, obviously, you know, you don't want to be stuck on the rail if you're stuck behind um, something that's quite slow in front of you. And it becomes tactical then, you know. So, I suppose, more so than a draw bias, I think you just have to be very tactically aware in those sort of races um, on where, where your dangers are and the pace of the race and what you're following. And we've seen that unfold in the St. James's Palestics in particular over the years where you're banging your head with frustration uh, or singing with delight. Uh, it should be fairly straightforward for our first race, the Queen Anne, Group 1, as Bayid is 2-7, to seven, uh, real world then 7s, and it's basically any price you want uh, after that. Order of Australia 16s, Mother Earth at 20s. Is this a point-and-shoot job for William Haggis's stable star? Yeah, look, it, 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 he's quite an exciting horse, this Bayid. Um, you know, he's, he's unbeaten. He's 7 from 7. He's uh, he just looks a phenomenon, and um, you know I look. 
I can't really see anything beating him there. Um, he was very, very impressive last start for his first run of the season. And I'd expect uh, Mr. Haggis uh, would be definitely leaving him in, you know, with that run in mind coming to Ascot that he's going to be in his prime condition here. So, look, yeah, there's a few you can pick out for a place, but um, I think Bay is going to be very, very tough to beat. Yeah, this is a case of just get the popcorn out and enjoy because you're going to see a show here and just relax and enjoy it. It's going to be his fourth group one win, assuming all goes well. Um, first rule of law, never assume. But there's plenty of betting opportunities throughout the week. If you want to get stuck in at two to seven, I'm not going to stop you, but uh, I sit back, relax and enjoy. And, and as you say, there are place chances there, but I think he'll put on a fireworks display. Um the second group one of the meeting is the third race of the meeting, the King Stand. Uh, Golden Pal will not have Frankie Dettori on board. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Rad Ortiz Jr. will come over to ride with the awards horses for the week, and he's 7-4. to four. Uh, Apparently, the best sprinter in the world comes from Australia. At least this is what the Aussies tell me. Uh, James McDonald comes over to ride Nature Strip, 11-4, to four, uh, and Twilight Calls for Ryan Moore and Henry Candy, 8. Very much an international affair. Wesley Ward has been doing the, the press tours and has been talking about how Golden Pal is the, the fastest of the fastest. Do you buy into the hype or are, first of all, it, great that it's a proper international race. Are you buying into the hype about Golden Pal or are you looking elsewhere? Well, I don't, like, obviously you got a weather watch. Um, a lot of the American horses, they love fast ground. If, if they get some rain and it changes the surface, it could, uh, it could um, you know, be an advantage to other horses in the race. But Look, he's 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 Wesley Ward has got a great affinity with Royal Ascot. He's come here with his two-year-olds. He's called them from the rooftops, and they've delivered. So, you know, who's to question that uh, he's going to bring over Golden Pal, who he says is the best sprinter in the world? And um, you know, you've got to take that on trust. But you know, it's coming to Royal Ascot, and many have come before, and these sort of races, uh, they 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 can throw up surprises. Um, what I would say is that it looks like it's uh, it's a bit of a you know a contest from uh, the, the far east to the far west. I like it. The American, yeah, the American champion taking on the Australian champion. So, look, they've both come in the past, Australians and the Americans, and have been very successful at Royal Ascot. We've seen Black Caviar come here and do it too. Um, I think the locals look a kind of an open bunch. You know, there's there's a few in there that you can give a good call for, and there's a few there that are quite not good enough. But look, this, you know, like I say, this looks like um, an exciting battle between the, the Far East and the Far West. So, yeah, look, it's, it's going to be exciting. I like the way you frame that as well. And we'll be talking to Peter Fornatel uh, in another podcast about the the American hopes. So we'll, we'll hear what he has to say and what he's heard about the, uh, the Aussies as well. Uh, I would probably just about lean with Nature Strip, but I'd do remember the the market confidence and the the excitement in Wesley Ward uh, when Golden Pal came over for the Coolmore and Nunthorpe Stakes, and horses just sometimes don't act at York, and maybe that's what it was. Yeah, just you know, you can't obviously look. Uh, the horses can't tell you, and uh, you know you can only find out when you come on the day, and. Um, you know, you, the trainers, they, they prime these horses for these big days. They bring them and literally it's, it's it's over in less than a minute. So you get the, the little, you get the build up to it 
and obviously Ascot is a big build-up. There's a lot of people there. It's it's going to be hopefully a warm day. And um, you can't really tell exactly how your horse is going to take the preliminaries. And, you know, then you got the stalls and, and all that. And you need all that to go smoothly. And then, obviously, you need your horse to perform in the race. And you don't know that you can only bring them there as the best horse in the race. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. And some people have gone away and scratched their heads and some people have been cheering. So... Once those gates open, then we'll uh, we'll see who's the champion then. And with a view to the preliminaries and everything, Ascot, if you could do us a favour, don't set off any fireworks just before a race. That'd be fantastic. Thanks very much. Plotty. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Epsom's still getting it, but they deserve it. Um, right, Caribus is a, a long odds-on favourite for the St. James's Palace Stakes. The 2000 Guineas winner really should take all the beating. Uh, there are some... Interesting horses, two from the Haggis Yard, My Prospero and Maljum. Uh, and Mighty Ulysses would have to take a big step forward on handicap run, but John Gosden rates him very, very highly. Um, th- is this another point-and-shoot job, or is this a case of wait and see? If Caribis gets drawn low, he could en- end up in trouble. Uh, he's he's a worthy favourite. Um, I think he deserves to be favourite. It's um, it's not an overly strong race, and that's probably why he is so short. But um, you know, he, he's 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 I think he's unbeatable. Um, you know, there's there's a couple in there. Like you got William Haggis's horse, um, Maljum was very impressive in the German Guineas. Obviously, that's the German Guineas compared to these sort of Group One horses is probably a notch below. But he's unbeaten and. Um, William Haggis' stable are in red half form. And then you've got uh, Mighty Ulysses, and he's he's been running okay. And William Haggis has the other one, My Prospero. So, you know, look, Corribus, worthy favourite. But um, 49, I think he's a bit short. Yeah, you only need him to meet trouble in running or one of these horses to take a massive step forward, and you're in trouble. So I'd be with you. I'd be taking him on. Um Right, the feature race of Wednesday, the Prince of Wales Stakes, sees Bay Bridge as the 5-4 to favourite for Sir Michael Stout, having won the Brigadier Gerard last time out. Uh, he's on a winning roll. Uh, you talked about the Far East versus the Far West. Well, we've got uh, a Japanese raider, uh, Sharar. Oh, forget it. Uh, coming over after winning in Maidan, beating Yabir uh, in the Dubai Shima Classic last time out. Uh, speaking of... Uh, horse who would regularly contest that race, Mishriff, uh, for John and Thady Gosden, Fives, and Lord North uh, as well, who we expect Frankie to be on board. Um, Baybridge has taken giant strides for Sir Michael Stout, the derby-winning trainer of this year, and this would be a, a terrific piece of icing on the cake if this fellow was to come in as well. But the Japanese are constantly taking big prizes, be it in Dubai or North America, and it's only a matter of time before there's a major Group 1 in the UK, Ireland, or France falling their way. Uh, is this the fellow who can do it? I think he's very capable of. Um, they, they like to win, like everybody else, but uh, I think uh, the Japanese, they're very passionate, bit, passionate about uh, coming overseas and, and taking the big prizes. And um, you do not underestimate these horses there. <laughs> They're very powerful. They're big, beautiful, strong, athletic um, horses with big engines. So, yeah, look, you've, you're going to have to take him um, 
on trust that uh, he, he, like I say, they travel over and they've been over here for a while. Um, Bay Bridge, I really like this horse. Very, very impressive at Sandown. I love the way he moves. He carries himself and grabs the ground. And I think he's um, he's not finished yet. I think he's still on the upward curve. So, look, he's going to be a very tough enough to crack, but uh, you cannot rule out the Japanese. Yeah. Do you, just on a, on a brief side note, um, I've spoken to a number of trainers and jockeys about this, but I'd like your own take on it. The, the Japanese bloodstock industry is very focused on the mixture of speed and stamina, but stamina is, is not something that they frown upon. Whereas most of the conversation about Desert Crown was, so is he going to go for the Eclipse? Is he going to go for the Irish champion? Is he going to go for 10 furlong group ones were being thrown out? I'm delighted to hear he's going for the King George, or at least that's what the thought process is. Um, sorry, James Savage, if I've given something away. But the thought process seems to be to go for the King George. I don't see why we're ashamed of these group one races over a mile four. They're incredibly prestigious. It's very valuable, but there does seem to be more of an emphasis on 10 furlongs or a mile. Yeah, look, I think, you know, in, in, in well, I suppose the kind of the new age, um, you know, in the last 10, 20 years, you know, I think they, um, or even longer, um, they always love to have a bit of speed in pedigree. And, I, and I, 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 I don't know if it's a fashion thing or what, but or a commercial reason, but uh, they always like to have speed in their horses. And you always... Um, here the master Aidan O'Brien, you know, he always says, even when he's even when he's staying horses, he always says, oh, you know, like this horse star has got plenty of speed, plenty of he's got speed for a mile, but gets a mile and a half. And you know, I think that's what they really love is they love that added option of a horse that has speed that can stay, and that kind of shows you how good the likes of Frankel was, you know, and how invincible he was that the speed he has, but then he could have gone further. He could have come back. He probably could have won a sprint. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just, you know, they just love to have those open options to go with a horse that is good enough um, to go back or forth in distance yeah, and still sense. be a champion. Makes sense to me. Uh, Bay Bridge, by the way, is by New Bay, who won the French Derby. Which was reduced to 10 furlongs, uh, controversially, a number of years ago. And the horse who was second that day was Highland Reel, the goat, the greatest of all time. Uh, so Bay Bridge and uh, the Japanese horse whose name I'm butchering, but I'm quite... I'll, I'll get familiar with that as the Ascot shows continue. Don't worry. Um, right. Sharia. Thank you, Neil Callan. Thank you. I knew you had my back. Uh, <laughs> right. The Gold Cup feature race of the week. Kiprios is your 3-1 to one favorite. Stradivarius, the, the former champion, 7-2. to two. Trushan, will you run, will you not? Well, if there's good in the description, probably not, even though he has won on good to soft the last twice. Uh, seven to two, Trushan. And they're the three big guns, really. Um, last year's runner-up, Princess Zoe, 11 to one for Tony Mullins. Uh, I'm really excited about Kiprios, but it's something else from John and Thady Galston to bring Stradivarius back as an eight-year-old. It's a very sporting move from Bjorn Nielsen. He could be just getting cash for him each time he, he heads out and meets a mayor. Uh, and instead, here they are trying to make history and, and join Yates with four gold cups. Can he do it, Daniel? I think this year is going to be a bit tough for him. Um, he's not getting any younger, but I love the grit he showed. Um, the grit he showed last time at York. Um, obviously, like there's a, these are a di different kettle of fish, these horses, but... It was his first run of the year. He's getting older, so the, you know the older the horses get, the more kind of fitter you need to have them. So with the run under his belt, of course he's going to come in here nice and fit. 
Um, but you know, don't ever rule him out because he's 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 champion stare and um, you know. John Gosden and, and I suppose uh, Bjorn Nielsen wouldn't have kept him in training if they didn't think um, he was up to the job. And uh, he's shown last time out that uh, he is. So, you know, you cannot rule him out um, of running a big race. Trushan, such a great, consistent horse. I think Alan King has done an amazing job keeping his horse at that level. Um, and then I suppose it's 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 quite open after that. And... Um, and obviously, like you say, you're going to have to stay. So <laughs> it's it's always an exciting race because there's obviously the two top horses there. But um, th- I think this year, this, this this could throw up a surprise, I think. What's your take on Kiprios? Lightly raced, which he has on his side by Galileo, the superstar. But, you know, coming up against these, it's a different kettle of fish. You know, these toughened, hardened stairs that, you know, if it does turn into a true test, that if there is a chink in his armour, that's how it could be found out. But he's the up-and-comer, so you never know. Yeah. And as well, he's going from a mile in six. It's a very, very drastic uh, jump up in jump up in uh, distance. So, you know, you got to take that into account as well. Yeah, that leap from a mile six to two mile four, you don't know until they actually face it. Um, not even in the brine nose. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see how, how he does. Uh, he's very strong in the market, 3-1, to one, and ahead of Stradivarius at 7-2, and Trushan. Will he? Won't he? Probably won't. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, Commonwealth Cup feature race of the Friday. Uh, In debate there with the coronation, but... Choose for yourself. Uh, perfect power. Christoph Simeon and Richard Fahey, 9-2. El Cabello, who has been cleaning up on the all-weather and uh, returned to the turf last time at, at Haydock and uh, a winning return. Carl Brooks sprinters are in tremendous form. And Tenebrisium uh, dropping back to sprinting distances after disappointing in the 1,000 guineas. Three-year-old sprinters uh, over the flying six furlongs. What's your take on uh, the Commonwealth Cup, Neil? Yeah, I think it's a very open race. This um, all all uh, the young up and comers. Um, perfect power. I think uh, he didn't quite stay the distance in the guineas, so I think it's a it's a, a it's a good decision to come back to sprinting um, rather than let the season draw out too long and then decide. But um, you know, if he if he if he turns up like he was last season and his first run this season, he's going to be pretty tough to beat. Um, Al Caballo, I've been watching him through the winter, not through the winter, but through the spring on the all-weather, and uh, I just loved, I love his racing style. He just keeps it simple, and he just keeps going, and, uh, you know, he never wins by far, but he just finds a way to win, so I just love this horse, this horse's, um, his attitude, he just, he looks like he just wants to win, so. Um, go Bears, go, he's another one, pretty tough consistent form um, and then I think the rest is quite open very very open race this 
Yeah, we should mention Twilight Jet for Michael Callahan as well because he was brilliant against New York City uh, at Nace. Yeah, and uh, and and Tiberflow, uh, to be fair for the the Haggis Yard, another indication of how good El Caballo is because he beat Tiberflow and then Tiberflow comes out and wins uh, next time out. So both of those horses are are, are quite interesting, um, but a huge gun for Michael Callahan with uh, Twilight Jet, who probably isn't getting the attention or credit he deserves because he raced so much as a, as a juvenile. I think people are, are take, finding it hard to believe he's proper group one class, but he looked that way against New York City last time out. He did. And, um, you know, as a two-year-old last season towards the end of the middle park, he he was probably only beaten about three quarters of the length uh, behind perfect power in the middle park. So, you know, I think perfect power on that day had the beating of most of these horses. So it depends on whether any of those horses coming out, like Go Bears Go, Twilight Jet, if they have improved significantly over the winter um, to be able to, to trump perfect power. But look, I think at the moment, perfect power looks the one to beat. And I think, you know, the rest are open. Yeah, he has a lot of these on juvenile form, as you say. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating race. Is this the future race then? Uh, the Coronation Stakes? It depends, really. Officially, yes, but some people prefer the Commonwealth Cup. Uh, Homeless Songs is a short price favorite, five to four. Uh, the 1,000 Guineas winner having beaten Tuesday last time out. That form worked out well. Uh, Inspiral for John and Thady Gosden is 11-4. to Cachet for George Bowie, 13-2. And Discoveries for Jessica Harrington is 12s. Uh, this is a, a really fascinating renewal of the Coronation Stakes. Homeless Songs was devastatingly impressive last time out. Inspiral making her comeback. Um, I think Discoveries is capable of running a massive race here for Jessica Harrington as well with the stable in, in much better form than when she ran in the 1,000 Guineas. Uh, but your take, Neil. Yeah, this is this is an exciting race because there's there's about a half a dozen of the fillies in there that can that can take this race. Um, Homeless song, very very impressive with the Cura in the one thousand guineas. Cash it also, um, and then only just run out of it in the French guineas. In Spiral, we're just waiting for this filly since last season. She came in off the winter as a hop off for the whole. A spring for the for for the for the classics, the first classics, and she just wasn't quite right. So they give her time. She's coming into Ascot, which just adds that little bit more spice to this race. So I think this is going to be an exciting race. Um, it's going to be very very tough to call. If Inspiral like turns up like she was last season, she could just blow these all apart. Um, Cache, very solid, on pace, hits the line. Gives everything, um, and then like you say, homeless song, and a couple down below. But um, look, this is this. I I couldn't really pin. I couldn't really put my finger on one horse in this in this race. I think there's any amount of a half a dozen in that race can win. Yeah, even uh, Grand Dame for John and Teddy Gosden, who's who's coming through, having won at Ascot and then just being beaten at York again. Not every horse acts at York. William Darby, I apologise profusely. It's a great course, but as you know, some some. Horses just don't handle it, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if she took a big step forward. It's it's a fascinating race, and it's going to be a, a cracker to, to cover. Um, last race for you, then, my friend, is the Platinum Jubilee Stakes. Uh, and again, we've got the Far East against the Far West. Uh, as Home Affairs, uh, this is his intended target, and he will run in the Platinum Jubilee. Um, it's entirely possible that Nature Strip could double up and come here as well, but the whole point that Chris Waller was making, and his horses are based in Lambourne, if I remember correctly, he decided to go there instead of Newmarket this year, uh, is, I think his assistant trainer was was uh, working out of Lambourne, or was from Lambourne, so that's why they, they chose to do that. 
Um, Home Affairs goes for the Platinum Jubilee. Uh, Nature Strip goes for the King's Stand. That's <laughs> what I've been told from the Aussie contacts anyway. Uh, Campanelle, no Frankie Dettori, Errado Ortiz Jr. Uh, having won the Commonwealth Cup last year after a controversial stewards inquiry. There, Oshin. I've, mm. got, I've, got, I've got your back, Oshin. And, <laughs> <laughs> so is a Royal Ascot winner, to be fair. And, um, and Creative Force, who has been uh, a real force is a uh, 15 to two and obviously a, a Royal Ascot winner himself. Uh, but now back down to, to six furlongs. This is a fascinating renewal of uh, the Platinum Jubilee. And again, the market is headed by the Americans against the Australians. Yes. Um, I don't think this is quite uh, the same match as the King stand is like the far East against the far West. I think this is a little bit more of an open race. Uh, home affairs. I think if the real home affairs turns up, uh, he'll be hard to beat. Um, Campanal, yeah, okay. He's a winner as a two-year-old, I think, back here uh, at Royal Ascot. Uh, good winner at Keenan last start. Um, look, it's uh, the one I like in this race is Creative Force. Like, I mean. He ran some very solid races last season. His first run of the season was a little bit below par. In Maiden, he ran back in March, uh, World Cup night. But um, you know, he his form. He won a he won the Group One at Ascot last year. So if he turns up back in his best form, creative force, he 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 will be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, actually. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Home Affairs and I've I've watched a lot of his racing down under, um, so I, I'm not taking him for granted at all. I think he's uh, respective. I, I believe James McDonald will be on board. Maybe Ryan Moore will be on board. I, I don't know, but uh, I'm told it's James McDonald who's coming over. Uh, but yeah, he's coming. He's coming. Yeah, so so he will be on board then. So sorry, Ryan, you're missing out on that one. Uh, but creative force is a force. I mean, he was a winner at Ascot last year at the end of the season in Group 1 company. He, he kept Group 1 company uh, in in sprinting distances after winning the, the jersey stakes last year. And I just feel like he is he's a proper horse for them. Um, Maidan probably didn't work out. Maybe he just came a little bit too soon for them. And um, Charlie Appleby, he's, he's more than capable of having a, a winner on Dubai World Cup night. But at the same time, he doesn't jeopardize his season with a horse to have one ready for, for Maidan. He will bring them along steadily uh, and do what's right by the horse. It's all about the season and look at the success he's having. So, uh, yeah, w- he would be your overall pick? Yeah, I lo- look, you know, I I think if Home Affairs turns up in his best form, I think he's going to be pretty hard to be. Creative force. Him, he, he, He's on a recovery mission from that run of Maidan, but the fact that Charlie Appleby has... has left him till Royal Ascot since Maidan. He's literally given the horse plenty of time to recover and then he's just primed him going straight into Ascot. So, look, he, he, he he's definitely in with a big chance if he's back in his old form from last season. Another one I like down there is the one coming off from Ireland owned by Clipper Logistics, uh, Romantic Proposal. Ah, uh, line him. Yeah, it's very, very, very good filly. Won a five for Group 1 of the Curra last year. She was a very impressive winner, first up at Nace in a listed race. I'd imagine she'll take a big step forward from that win. And um, this sort of race, I think, will definitely suit her. And she, at a bit of a price, could definitely run a big race. 
Well, we're due to talk to Sarah Lynham, although she is unbelievably busy and banging in winners herself as well. A winner at, at Cork last night. We're recording on, on Thursday, uh, yesterday evening. So, yeah, she, she's in tremendous form, but her dad's in tremendous form as well. And they think the world of this horse. They think the world of romantic proposal. And, and why wouldn't they? Uh, as you said, already a group of winner, but they, they've chosen to go for this race. So I, I'm really taken with her. Um and uh, Creative Forces probably the bet as things currently stand. Uh, Creative Forces Dam is by Schwazier, who of course took this race uh, for the Australians back in two thousand and three. And he won. He won. He won both twice in a week. King Stand and the and the Platinum Jubilee or the Golden Jubilee. Yeah, uh, Golden Jubilee. Johnny Murta on board. Johnny Murta. <laughs> we were all kicking ourselves. Remember, he was thirty threes for the King Stand. Like bringing a horse from Australia. Pfft, daft. And then he goes and wins, like, oh my god. Uh, very, and he basically changed the game, that horse, but... He did, yeah. Given the fact that uh, that Schwazier is the uh, sire of Creative Force Dam, uh, if Creative Force finishes second to Home Affairs, I think we can we can let that alone. That, that, that's just one of those things. It's just the universe telling you you should have been with the Aussies. Uh, romantic Proposal deserves a, a big, big mention there as well. 16s is the current price about Eddie Lynham's horse. Um Neil, of all the races at Royal Ascot, what are you most looking forward to? Well, clearly I'm looking forward to watching Baid and hopefully he wins because I think it's great for racing. <clears throat> the last type of horse we had like this was for Frankel and uh, it's just exciting. You just go out there, even though you're not, you know, you're not, you don't, you're not riding him. You don't have anything really to do with them, but um, they're part of the game and it's good for the sport and, Everybody wants to see the champions win, and I think it's uh, it's amazing that um, Princess Hissa, who has um, taken over charge of her father's uh, Shadwell Estates, um, I think it'd be great for them also. So yeah, look, I, I'm also I'm excited to see him, um, but look, I'm excited to see any race. Royal Ascot was the best week's racing in the universe, and um, you can tell when everybody comes from around the world to race here to watch it to uh, experience it. So, yeah, we're looking forward to the whole week. Wouldn't it be nice if the marketing firms, uh, as I was talking to Maddie Playl on TalkSport 2 a couple of weeks ago, she's strolling through London and there's these massive posters for Royal Ascot and it's all these beautiful people in lovely uh, attire. No horses. <laughs> it's about the horses! Can you just put Baid yeah. on a poster and go, the unbeaten Baid, see him in person or watch him on Sky, watch him on ITV. Uh, don't miss or it. All, all I have to do is, is, is make up a set of a dozen posters of a mixture of the horses, Royal Ascot, the, the commercial side of it and the sports side of it and mix it up. It's pretty simple. I think Neil Callum should be on a board of directors in the world of racing. And you'll find out more about that in a couple of weeks when we talk to Neil uh, more in depth and we, we crack open a few of the more touchy subjects uh, in the world of racing. But this was a good way to just bring you into the world of the Final Forum podcast by uh, looking ahead to racing and, and having a, a good spin on things instead uh, by talking about the greatest show on flat turf, Royal Ascot. Uh, Neil, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much and uh, best of luck to you for the week as well. Fantastic. Thank you, Emmett. And thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. We will have loads more Royal Ascot content coming for you on the Final Front of Podcast. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. 
We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and Final Furlong Podcast Owner's Morning on Saturday, April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the €150,000 purchase, Invincible Power, the most expensive horse Sunday have ever bought. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk.